What's up? This is Bozo Six again. Here for the Seattle preview. Next, we got Sunday night lights this time. We go from the first game of the weekend to the final game of the weekend. Dave, how the hell are you? I am doing fantastic, Chris. You sound fantastic as well. Looking forward to those late night Seattle rugby hours. Yeah. So, Dave, the Eastern Conference, we 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 sit atop the East. We mentioned it in the in the Atlanta review. We beat everybody in the East home. We beat everyone in the East away. We are undisputed kings of the East at this point. Yes. Uh, no one's got one over on us. That is an MLR first. Uh, I will say it again. Radio silence from MLR on this. Radio silence from TRN. We don't have a lot of friends in those organizations. Maybe it's because of people like me in the comments section. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, could be a contributing factor. Maybe I want to tone it down a little bit. But but we control the East, and we're going out to, to meet the Seattle Seawolves, currently sitting at second place in the Western Conference with 58 points, which, by the way, we also have 58 points. So what are your what are your what are your initial thoughts here? Yeah, you know, I'm excited about it. Uh, I've I've always liked Seattle. They were kind of my when the league kicked off, they were the team that I followed a little bit just cuz uh had a buddy out there who I was trying to kind of trying to get in to the Sea Wolves. You know, I was like if I can't go, I can at least convince my friend to go. And uh you know, I always liked them. Then they won the championship and I was like, I guess now I'm just kind of a band everybody bandwagoned and and, and it was uh you know, uh, a little, a little bittersweet, but yeah, they're, <clears throat> they're a team I've always enjoyed watching. Uh, they play a really fun, I don't know about fun. They play a really effective style that they're very proud of, very much focused on defense, the much vaunted sea wall, which is one of the big chants you'll hear out there at Starfire. Um, sea wall, sea wall. They they like to do what the free jacks like to do, which is bend but not break. You get in and, and they kind of pride themselves on denying teams opportunities to convert twenty two entrances into points. Like that's the sea wall. It's just because you get inside Seattle's twenty two does not mean you're going to score. They are going to yeah. find a way to stop you. Yeah, very sick of Seattle. Uh, I don't. I don't mind them as a team, uh, just but for MLR, for me, they're kind of like the New York Yankees of the MLR. You know, they're two-time champions, three-time championship appearance. Um, you know, I'm just sick and tired of seeing them. You know, there there hasn't always been um, conferences out west, but yeah. they're always oh, on it. <clears throat> Allergies are getting to me. I'm trying not to cough on stream <laughs> and just blast people's ear eardrums with that. I apologize. Very good, uh, yeah. But anyways, so like I'm just kind of sick of seeing them. Uh, I'd like for us to go out there and beat their ass, you know what I mean, and knock yeah. them down a few pegs. Um, because you know, as we'll talk about, and if you if you see me anywhere in the comments or anywhere else, I I make comments. Um, I basically just want San Diego to beat them so we can see something different come out of the West. You know, if you'll remember in the 2022 season, they did not make the playoffs. They were added to the playoffs because of the exit of the Gill teams. They ended up making the final, which I thought was cheesy. I was like, "Damn, this stinks." They're, you know, now I got to root for New York because they're they weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs. They didn't. They don't deserve to be here. I'm just so sick of Seattle. When I watch the games, I hate that stupid seawall chant. Uh, <laughs> it, it's grotesque to me. Um, it's 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 like a poor man's huzzah. Um, and then and then you can't even tell the difference because I think when they're on attack and they're threatening, they yell "Sea Wolves, Sea Wolves," and 
on the broadcast, you can't tell the difference. I'm sure live it's cool. We'll hear from Philly Bananas. I, I, I'll check in with them halftime. I'm yep. doing a watch along uh, by myself here in the Granite Bunker. Be adding people like yourself, maybe possibly Dan yeah. from Merrimack, possibly David Lawrence. Definitely adding Phil at halftime. So, I mean, whatever. I, I don't know. I, I don't like Seattle. I hope we. I hope we win. That's fair. That's fair. I lost my shine on them a little bit, so you're not going to hurt my feelings. I want to kick their ass. <laughs> <laughs> um they are they do have some some stacked athletes i i just finished watching the utah seattle match right before we recorded tonight and um there were a couple of interesting things to take out of it one is that you know i i had my notes already and i was going to talk about their second row actually among their pack they got rhino herbst and samu manoa the you know same with the hitman manoa right just a, 38 just a, years old. Can you believe it? Yeah. The dude, it doesn't matter. He's still going to crush you to paste if you give him, you know, get inside his wingspan. Um, and then at the end of the game, Rhino Herbst went off with what looked like a pretty, a pop, possibly a, a serious shoulder injury. He was really mm-hmm. isolating that arm like you see guys do when they, and he looked to be in a lot of pain, which is a bad combination. Yeah, um, for sure. So he might, we might not see him in the match, but, you know, there, whether he's there or not, still powerful second row. Their scrum looked really good against Utah. Utah, one of the better scrums. They've got some very seasoned props. Um, and so Seattle really fronted up in the scrum and um, uh, we're looking pretty impressive there. Uh, and then Ben Landry, their captain in uh, Reichert Hatting's absence, had a phenomenal game. He was man of the match in that. Um, he's just a he is he's a big guy. He's one of those you're watching the game and you don't even have to see his number to know it's Ben Landry because he's just like 15 percent bigger than all of the other rugby players. It's like okay, that guy's huge. Um, and he made a comment at the end in his man of the match interview, talking about like oh we're just look we're just glad that uh, Reichert's coming back. You know it's like what what now he broke his foot and had foot surgery earlier in the season. And, uh, you know, uh, not that it changes anything. I still take New England over Seattle with or without Riker Hatting. But um, it, it it was interesting to at least hear it hinted that he may be back, if not this week, then soon. Because um, he's certainly a big difference maker on their team. It would be a great clash of eight-mans because we've got a, a stellar eight-man ourselves and yeah. be on the bus, Conradi. And it's also an interesting clash of teams. The Seattle Seawolves and the New England Free Jacks are both 12-2. and two. They both sit on 58 table points. The Free Jacks have scored 69 tries while allowing 29. The Seawolves have scored 60 while allowing 38. Uh, the point differential, Seattle 274, four, 190 against. The Free Jacks 223, uh, sorry, 475 for and 223 against. Basically, you know, we're nearly identical, but the but the things that grab and stand out to me is we allow less tries by a significant margin and we score yeah. more tries by a significant margin. Um, you know, we do play in the weaker east. I think that if you've watched any of the games uh, from around the league, it's it's pretty easy to see. It's not just based on the records. It is the quality of rugby. I think that Houston, like for me, hot take, I would much rather kick out our third seed and add Houston over here just, just because, <laughs> like make a special rule, just make it happen because I don't think a losing team, a team with a losing record, which is possible with New York or even an even, re- oh, I guess an even record they, they deserve to be in, but yeah. it's still garbage to me. I would rather take Houston, um, especially with the with the tougher schedule. But, you know, it's an interesting matchup. 
between these two sides and, and home field advantage could come to it. It's a very, it's the, I think it's the farthest possible trip for the free Jack to Seattle for everybody. I think. Yeah, they're, they're up there. It's a good haul. I would think that San Diego would be farther, but I don't know. Spheres are weird. They do funky. Magic, yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Um, Either way it's far. Yeah, it's a it's a haul, and you got you know you're going to the depression capital of the United States. I don't know how that factors in, but you know you add that. Um, <clears throat> it'll Order be Josh is going for the coffee only. Oh yeah, you know, moral he, support, but coffee. He, he might be. He might be. It's probably worth the trip. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, Seattle are are a very strong team. I talked about their forwards already, but they also have Jordan Chait. Their fly half has kind of exploded this season. Uh, he's a South African who um, played for the Tel Aviv Heat. So he's kind of been moving around from South Africa over to Israel, playing um, kind of in the second tier European competition there. And then uh, he came in and joined the Seawolves this year and has made quite an impact. He's a he's a good game manager, a little bit. I don't know. This could be wrong. Maybe I'll get roasted for it. But a little bit like Patros and in, in that he's got a really good boot and he's a really good game manager. Cool yeah, under good pressure. At unlocking the defense. He's yeah, good at unlocking. Just, that's what Patros does really yeah, well. Making the right call and just executing that call. Um, yep. Yeah, Delivering so, the right option consistently as well. You know, yeah. not just throwing it to a guy to hammer the line just because he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And then taking time to reset, like he finds it and he puts those pressure passes through. At least that's what I saw against Utah. Yeah. I thought he did a really uh, great job. No, I, I agree, and they've got at twelve. They've got Alatimu, who himself can do a, also some, fly half, some playmaking. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So yeah, he's a dual you're, threat. You're really looking at a very dynamic attack where they can go. And I mean, think about something like a like a midfield scrum, right, where they can split, and you have you can have Chait on one side, and you can have Alatimu on the other. You got playmakers in either direction. Really difficult to defend. It's hard to hard to defend against that. Um, you know when they have all of those all those options it doesn't always work i mean new zealand have been trying to do the double playmaker thing at the international level a little bit england tried and failed big time yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's 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 not like it's a lights out combination but it it is interesting and it makes it more interesting to watch knowing that their 10 and their 12 both are pretty accomplished uh you know, playmakers. They can, well, I think they can... what, what's what's special about Alatimu, like as as opposed to like let's let's take the England example of Ford and Farrell or Smith and Farrell. Farrell can play center, but man, he's just not a center to me. He's not quick enough. He doesn't. He hits hard and stuff, and he can play defense, but he's not. I don't feel like he's quick enough or tough enough attacking the line. Whereas yeah. a guy like an Alatimu can break you, and he has great footwork as well. And so yeah. having him, but having that a person that can do those things as a center, but then also be able to slot into that playmaker role. If Chait is down, it right. is huge. And and don't forget about other guys. I mean, this Seattle team is they They are embarrassed for Richards as well. Uh, I think his first name is Martin, but I yep. Futi, um also yeah, they're, they're really wings. playmakers. Yeah. Lopetti yeah. was on their bench against um, Utah, but uh, Tavita Lopetti is. Phew, He's a baller. Uh, Connor Mooneyham was also on the bench for them. Yep. Uh, Andrew Duratalo. They've got really talented players, just like we do, sitting on the bench. And these guys are names that American fans would know, uh, especially Lopetti. Uh, he had a breakout season last year. was incredible. But we've been we've been ignoring one position that they're very strong at. We take it. We you know the last couple of games we've been without him. 
but we take him for granted. The magician, John Poland, probably one of the best scrum halves in the league. But there, I forget his first name, but Smith. I think it's JP. Is it? I think it's JP Smith. I could be wrong. You're correct. The JP Smith scrum half, he is an excellent scrum half. He had a great box kick, good tactical awareness. Chris Pass digs it out of there. He's a great player too, man. This Seattle Seawolves outfit is uh, very dangerous. But, you know, that's the other thing that's got me excited for this match. You know, they might be sitting in second place in the West, but let me tell you, they only lost to San Diego by three points. A very, very close match. And San Diego, everyone's singing their praises as they should. They're 13-1. and They've set a consecutive wins record. They're incredible. But Seattle played them tight. And so now playing them after having lost to San Diego, suffering, suffering through travel woes, it was early season. We hadn't found our footing yet. It's like to get this snapshot on the road at Starfire is going to be is going to be something else. Yeah, it really is. I th- I think that we're going to see a very strong Seattle team. Um, I, they've locked up a playoff appearance, so there's a possibility that they'll rotate because in the West it's really just a, a not much of a battle, but a little bit of a battle between Utah and Houston. To see who's going to come in, you know, in that third spot, San Diego's got it. They've locked up the but the bye week, um, and then Seattle behind them. Um, I guess it's technically possible that Seattle would catch them, but I don't think anybody probabilistically expects that to happen. So, yeah. if not, San Diego haven't technically locked in the bye, I guess, but v- functionally they have, and so you could see some rotation in the Seattle team but honestly I don't I don't really think so. I think they are going to want to win. They're going to want to beat New England at home in front of their fans. And I think we know that Scott Matthew and crew are going to put out the most competitive team that they can for the free. We just want to win, bro. We just want to win. We're <laughs> we a bunch of competitive win, mofos and we just want to win. So I had know. to throw that quote in there cuz it's so yeah. awesome. And I think the I do think that the fact that they've locked up the East matters. Like I I think it's not that it's, oh, we don't care at all. What I would guess is what it means is like they're going to field the very best team they can without fielding any players who are injured, right? Like yeah. you don't risk anybody. And, and injured is like anything from like my hamstrings kind of tight this week. We've been watching it this season and it's, you know, on the tighter side to like actual injury, right? I think it's a broad range. I think it, it doesn't take very much to to pull a guy back at this point because you want to give guys recovery time when you can. But at the same time, nobody's getting sat down just because. I don't think yeah. that we're taking the good players and saying, oh, you know, just take a week off. Don't worry about it. They're fielding a very competitive team because they just want to win, bro. Yeah, well, you know what? The other thing, too, I was, I was thinking about this today, and I was like thinking about how to describe – uh, my feelings on it and my thoughts about the atmosphere of the upcoming matches, right? For the Free Jacks, we close with Seattle, Houston, bye, and then we're into the Eastern Conference final. Yep. For Seattle, they close with the Free Jacks, San Diego, likely hosting um, a playoff match and then have to travel to San Diego for the Western Conference final. So in these final few weeks here, they're going to see San Diego twice, the Free Jacks, and likely Houston. Yeah. So it's like that to me and then for us like playing all those teams i mean we're pro- we're likely to see I-, I have a feeling we're going to see new york again in the eastern conference final they stank but they did play us tough last time this very much for all of these teams involved in all the matches that i just mentioned it feels like world cup pool play kind of importance where it's like 
right now, if you lost, it's not the end of the world. You you still play on because we're not yet at eliminator rugby, but it's yeah. very important to win and it's very important to play the best team you can because if things are going wrong and you need to fix things, you need to identify them now because there's no more time. There's yeah. no more time. Yeah, right? absolutely. And it's like we're, we're getting on, we're knocking on the door of eliminator rugby and, and it's crazy to think that the Free Jacks next two matches could be a potential title preview. Yeah, either team. You know, it could happen. That's right. And it's and it's the same for Seattle. They could see it. They could very well see us again. And I'll just on a final note, I'd like to add, as far as the table points are concerned, it's crazy that we're the beasts of the East, but we're equal on points with Seattle. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine mm. if it was us, Seattle, and, and like San Diego, and we were still doing that home grand final thing, and it wasn't going to Chicago at SeatGeek. We'd basically be traveling. We'd have to concede yeah. that we, we we'd be traveling to either San Diego or likely Seattle. So we'd making be making this long ass road trip again. At first, I was upset about Chicago. Now I'm kind of happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to do San Diego, but I can do Chicago. Works for me. Yeah, I'm not going um, to one, but it's okay. I'm yeah, about I yeah. I hear you. They're um they're they're pretty unreal. And and as good as New England have been for San Diego to be six points ahead of us in the pool. And then, like you said, tied with Seattle is pretty wild. San Diego's season has certainly been um, pretty phenomenal. Yeah. You know what's crazy, though? We've scored more tries than them yep. and, and, and let up and, less tries than them. Yeah. We've only let up 29, which is kind of insane. That's a pretty yeah. low That's a pretty low number. And, again, we get some bias in those stats just from the Eastern Conference not being at the same level as yeah. the Western Conference. But uh, still pretty, pretty good. I'll take it. Yeah, and then so we've kind of we've gone over you know some strength of Seattle players, some playoff implication stuff, which probably was a little bit off track here. Uh, but overall, I think that these two teams are are very much similar, like you had mentioned too. Both play good defense. Both have uh, exceptional playmaking ability. Um, the only thing that I would give the edge to Seattle with over us is I believe that their phase play, pressure, being clinical and scoring and converting is superior to ours, but I would also say that I think our defense is superior in forcing errors that create chaos that we can capitalize on. I think we're better than them at that. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see these two teams go head to head and see how we handle each other's problems because yeah. they've got a lot of problems for us to solve, but we have same. So it'll be, this is a very interesting match. I'm very excited to, to, to watch it. Probably going to be throwing stuff at my screen though. It seems like one where game management will be really important. Controlling where on the field are we playing? What do we want to do? You know, and really limiting the number of opportunities Seattle has while trying to maximize our own. Mm. And this one too, um, not my key to the game, but what I would like to see a little bit more of, um, and I think this might be a difference in, I don't know, maybe it's just not the way they, they choose to play and that's okay. But I would, well, I guess it's okay. I'd like to, it's okay for them. I'd like to see different. I, I, I want to see them go for the sticks more. If we get an early mm. penalty and, it, and it's like 35 meters out, 35 is one of those gray distances. It's not a give me kick, even in front of the sticks, like something can always go wrong. Um, and so a lot of teams will just plunge it into the corner because it's easy to get a, a decent position for a line out from there. But if it's a 35 meter, you know, dead center offset left or right type of type of kick, I'd love to see us put it through the sticks and tick three over and go again. You yeah. know, that's, that's what I would like to do um, or like to see more of, because if you keep doing that, if you get three of those, all of a sudden you're up a converted try. And, you know, as opposed to kicking into the corner, 
muckling the line out, getting a knock on after you know after the line out is clear and clear from scrum half, and you knock it on or or something to that effect, or you get isolated and give up a penalty, and now it gives back to them. I'd like to see some points come come from that. That that would be what I would like to see early. Yeah, I think I think I would guess that early, like first fifteen minutes early, you'll probably see the corner and trying to get a try. But I would I agree that after that point, I think you want to really start making sure that if you're in that, like you said, 35 meters, if you're within that sort of red zone, that you're leaving with something. And I'm okay against these very good teams leaving with three points. Yeah, I think we need to take something from it because again, zero zero is a very different feel as a player than three zero. And it's like three zero is not that bad. You don't really care about that. But when it becomes six zero, now you're like, okay. And then when it becomes nine, or if it even gets to 12, you keep those points ticking over. Now all of a sudden the team feels the pressure to make something happen and they make mistakes. And I think that's where, because I think um, one of the things that we also take for granted as Free Jacks fans is we play from out front a lot, we don't play from behind. When we get in those dogfights, our two losses, we've had to play from behind, and that's where we start to suffer from the same things we usually impose on other teams. I'd have yeah. to go back and look up but from my, my memory recollection, which is definitely imperfect. That's kind of the vibe that I remember from those losses is we were playing from behind, and it, our, our compounded mistakes, uh, Leah Madigan, I don't have it because it was in the other uh, stream chat, but he he had alluded to this. We yeah, need to, he's, he talked about where, not just the – can we recover from mistakes, but where are we making mistakes? And right. What is the impact they're having on the momentum of the team? Right. We seem to lose a lot of those. And I would like to see that, you know, I talk about it all the time in comments and in chat and especially our outriders chat, be clinical. And, yeah. you know, that will, you know, that will transition well, I guess, maybe into our keys to the game is yeah. mine would be be clinical, right? It's like, okay, we're somewhere in the field. We get a penalty. We go for the lineup. Great. We play a couple of phases. We get another penalty. We go for the lineup. Great. Be clinical and score. And that's either three or five. I'll take either. Right. But but get something from it. Giving it back, relieving the pressure, and having them get out of dodge. I know it's rugby. It's going to happen. It's going to happen every game. But it needs to happen less. And I say we need to come away with points early rather than later. I'd rather you know be three or seven up or five up and then get stuffed the next time, then get stuffed and now feel like, well, we got stuffed last time, so now we need to put it in and then we make another mistake. That would be, so be clinical. That's my Word. key to the game. Dig it. My key, uh, don't forget to oil Voltron and perform all scheduled factory maintenance. No. Um, <clears throat> Phil, were you writing that down? I missed it. I don't even have a notepad for that. Uh, dude. <laughs> no, I have talked a lot about this stupid Voltron metaphor about taking all the various very strong components and getting them to work together. And I think it'll I think that is important. But I've I've beat that horse to death already. Um, <laughs> so we are really talking about composure. Things are not going to go. They're not all going to go our way against a team like Seattle in a way that we're a little bit spoiled to kind of expect them to. I talk about it. Well, the game against Atlanta started out the correct way where we stopped Atlanta from scoring and then we went and scored. And that's just what we do, right? That's not right. always going to work out that way against your Seattles and your San Diegos. They're going to score. They're going to break the line. They're going to do things because they're very good teams and they are going to find some areas where they're effective. Um, when that happens, we just have to stay composed. Uh don't do what you said, which is sometimes we have chased the game a little bit in those losses. Don't 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 start doing something different. We know our game plan works. We know we have the athletes to make it work. Um, 
we have some really good tough matches coming up then they're we're lucky to have them and be playing teams like Seattle and Houston instead of like Toronto and Dallas right those right. Uh, those other teams would not prepare us that well for the playoffs so it's good that we have a tough schedule and what we need now to do is use that to make sure that we really are ready and for me that that for this game what i'm looking to see is just some composure as we as the level of our opponents starts to tick up for really the rest of the season there are no more you know easy matches on the schedule Um, it's it's just going to get harder from here on out Mm -hmm. um maybe not evenly each time right but like the level is probably not going to drop at least not significantly even these eastern teams in an eastern conference final whether it's dc or new york they're going to come out firing on every cylinder doing everything they can to try to steal a victory so we just need to stay composed and prove that we are ready for that test this season you know i couldn't agree more having tests going into you know like again i'll use my analogy of it's like kind of like pool play at a rugby world cup you know we can we could drop either one of these next two matches and it it's not the end of the world. You lose one in pool play. You still got other matches to be able to bring it back before you get to eliminate a rugby, but you want to be playing your best rugby and reveal all of the weaknesses that you can and strengthen those weaknesses prior to playing that eliminator rugby. And you alluded to this too. You know what? We may have dominated the East, but it's very difficult to, when you keep seeing a team, I kind of view it this way. The more times you see a team in the season, the more times they get a look at you, right? Yeah. And if you say, like the old adage goes, we beat that team nine times out of 10. Well, that's great. That means if you play them 10 times, that means they've beat you once. And all they need is that once in Eliminator Rugby. And that could be that that time, you know, and you don't want to be suffering from any of those letdowns. You want to be playing your best stuff uh, up until then. So with that, we'll go into score predictions. Dave, have you brought the dice this evening? I got the dice. I got them right here, Chris. Can we make the dice go first? All right, I want to see what right. the dice have to say. I'm a very superstitious guy. Say. Ooh, I dropped it. That's a re-roll. Uh, 40. That's an Ooh. interesting score. That's 40. All right. That's, I hope that's for the Jacks. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. And then we got, yeah, that's for the Jacks because we got 22. 40 to 22. Wow, 40 to 22. Wow. I don't know if I agree I don't think with it'll the be dice. I don't think it'll be say a 62 point game. Dice. But that's okay. I, I think we see the New England Free Jacks 17, the Seattle Seawolves 15. Ooh. They score to tie us at the death and they miss the conversion or we score at the death. Patras from the corner nails it, walk off dub his perfect hair glistening in the Seattle night. Find a single flaw with Jason Patro's hair. You can't. You can't. No, you can't. He's can't. got the same. He's got the Bozo Six Perfect. haircut. I'm older than him, and I probably had it first. Sorry, Jason. You're better at rugby than me. If it makes you feel any better, <laughs> I did not write down those scores. So we'll say it one more time at the end here: forty to twenty-two. Correct. Yep. Yep. And then seventeen to fifteen. Phil, I've failed as a host. I haven't written these things down at all. Uh, maybe I'll put it as a ticker on the uh, stream so you can go back and look at the video there you go that's the way uh, to do it's it too, it's too long to type it i got it in my notes time. i got our scores at least all right all right um, perfect be yeah. clinical maintain your composure 40 to 22 17 to 15 just to recap it one more time i gotta yep. get back to this host stuff 
Well, Dave, it's been fun driving the bus with you this evening. Hopefully everyone else has enjoyed it. I definitely say I'm better at being a contributor than being the host. Um, what do you got for a grade for me? Anybody who's in the chat, what do you got? How, oh, how do man. You, you want to grade us? We'll, we'll add, a, add a little segment later when people are listening I'm, to this back I'm hoping, I'm hoping people I'm hoping people come through yeah um <laughs> I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a solid B Chris I think it was yeah. pretty good I think all it was right. pretty good right. the formatting I'm not as comfortable with the format it's so with the flow like Phil usually he conducts the format so I just have to follow very yeah. simple it's I, a lot know. of practice he's pushed what what we're up in the 70s something like that something crazy yeah, for episode yeah. numbers mm-hmm. he's it's pretty old hat at this point we take the old man for granted but he's really we definitely do phil i miss you uh come back but anyway I, we'll stop this rambling this is that, that is concluded <laughs> you don't think people Seattle come here community. to hear us talk about how cool we, each of us are if you want to hear me ramble you tune in for the live stream and you'll hear some rambling uh, I got some <laughs> good positive go. feedback on my shit talking, so that was great. Oh, we do have one chat. Let's go. Great job, boys. Facebook user. We'll take it. Thumbs up emoji. All right. Well, that's it. Enough. Seattle preview is done. Remember, always put away your shopping carts. Always use a coaster. Dave, we got one word to get out of here. You know what it is. In three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah.